Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross, a personal development expert with over 18 years experience developing leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of the inner work to get you out of your own way by helping you take what you learn here and put it into practice so you can truly thrive in life and in business. And by the way, before we dive in, if you want to work with me and take this work even deeper, just pop me a message and inquire about my services or head to tlb.org.uk UK, TLB stands for Thrive Life and Business, where you'll find all the information that you need. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome to the Inner Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today's episode is being recorded against all odds. I have the dogs in the office with me because it doesn't even matter about the reason I just have to. And because of that, I have to have the window open and there's work going on outside. So this could be a noisy episode. (laughs) So strap in and just accept my apologies up front. I've set the microphone to not pick up anything other than my voice. It's very fancy. So fingers crossed that works. Anyway, hi, how are you? I hope that you are. Many of you have given me some feedback and some input and some quite emotional responses to last episode, so episode 172. And I'm going to recommend straight from the out, from, from from the outset, is that the right? Yes, from the outset. I'm going to recommend that you go and listen to episode 172, the last episode, if you haven't already listened to it before you listen to today's. today's I, in today's episode, I'm being super generous. So I'm going to attach some journaling prompts to today's episode just to get you in the process of actually doing this work. I do this from time to time. There's episodes that you'll notice. Um, I'll try and include them in the show notes if you can find them. Um, But I do them as a bit of a workshop style or a little bit with some journaling prompts to help you turn the episode into some self-directed inner work. This is going to be one of them. So strap in. So in episode 172, what I was talking about was what I was experiencing and sharing with you what I was currently experiencing from working 50% less. And we're coming up to the end of the month now. We've got about a week to go when this podcast is released. So I want to talk a little bit more about it, but I also want to give you guys some ideas around how that could look for you. Here's what I believe. I believe that there is always something we want to be, do or have. I believe that that's natural for us. Always. We are wired to evolve. It's just the way that we are. And by being wired to evolve, we're therefore wired to want. And one of the things that I often notice when people come into my world and my work is they notice how they haven't been allowing themselves to want. And they, they're they ready to stop that. They're ready to start wanting again. And that might sound a little bit odd, but I reckon that a lot of you will be able to resonate with it. Either you're in that place now or you can recognize when you've been in that place because there's a lot of vulnerability in wanting. Think about it. Think about why it's vulnerable to send a Valentine's Day card or ask someone out or put what you really want and like put your stake in the ground and really stand by what you want. It's hard to do that because you're essentially opening yourself up to a world of pain. You're essentially opening yourself up to rejection and failure and not getting what you want and not not having that actualized. So sometimes we trick ourselves into believing that it's not even worth me pursuing it. And even further to that, it's not even worth me deciding to want that or admitting to myself that I want that thing, whatever it is that I want to be, do or have. It's not even worth admitting it. So do you know what? I'm just going to stop wanting. And 
honestly, I've been in that place and it genuinely hand on heart to me when I stopped wanting, it feels like I stopped living. And what I don't, I'm not talking about like your life and death thing here. I'm talking about I'm alive, but am I living though? Am I truly living? And so in episode 172, I think the reason that I got so many emotional responses to that episode is because we are naturally taught to do more. And I think that that episode really challenged the norm and it prodded in places that seemed to really resonate with you guys and really challenge some of the things that you've been taught. You know, we we are taught if it's not working, do more. If you're not seeing the results that you thought you would, do more. There's something wrong with you. You're not doing it right. Do more. If something isn't happening within the time frame or as quickly as you'd like, do more. And the reason why I want to share today's episode with you is I want to I want to poke a little bit more. I want to give you guys some more thoughts around what doing less can lead to. So for those of you who've been around here for a little while, some of this, you might be thinking this sounds familiar. Yes, it is in episode 91 of the Inner Work Conversation. And I'm going to link these in the show notes. I'm just making some notes on a pad as I talk. In episode 91, something that I talk about with all of my clients all of the time is creating obligation-free time. So what I'm not talking about here, this 50% challenge, and if you haven't listened to episode 172, you bloody rebel, I told you at the beginning of the episode to go and listen to it. But if you're still here and you haven't, basically what what I've been doing in June 2023 is allowing myself or no, giving myself the rule that you are only allowed to work 50% than you normally would work, but generate the same business results. Now on the surface of it, you would be forgiven in thinking she just wants to work 50% less. She wants to halve her working hours, but you know, cause it's nice weather and she wants to sit in the garden or whatever. That's not it. It really honestly isn't it. This isn't about maximizing productivity and keeping the same results. It's actually much more about constraint and constraining myself from putting so much energy and effort into some of the shit that I have been putting energy and effort into. Go listen to episode 172 and you'll hear me explain it a lot more. And anyway, going back to this obligation free time, one of the things that I talk about with my clients and and I create for myself is time where I'm not actually obliged to do anything. I'm not obliged in in terms of business. I'm not obliged to create. I'm not obliged to serve. I'm not obliged to do any admin. I'm just obligation free time. So it's still within the time that I'm working, but I'm just not obliged to do anything. And I think the biggest the biggest sense that comes out of obligation-free time for me and my clients is the freedom of it. And it's not a rule. So what we're not saying is you are not allowed to work in that 50% of the time. What we're saying is that 50% of your time is obligation-free. You are not obliged to do anything. And when my clients start picking this up, they're like, holy shit, I'm actually more productive. I'm more creative. I feel freer. And therefore, from that place of freedom, I am more effective in my business. And here's the thing. We do not have this. Not all of us. We're all unique humans. We do not have the same kind of energy. And we dishonor that by buying into the do more mentality. We don't all have the same approach to business and to our work. And again, we dishonor that 
by buying into the do more mentality. And further to that, we don't all want the same things, but we are sold this idea that if we don't want the same things or we don't want what other people in our industry want or is normal, that we should. And that is some, somehow wrong or bad or weird. So in the last episode, I intentionally challenged you. I, on purpose, was asking you to consider questions that might confront your busyness in the hope that you would take that away and really consider what could that mean for you. And that's why I think it hits so many nerves and so many hearts because you did go away and consider what could this mean? What could this mean for me? What could this look like for me? So in today's episode, I want to take it a step further. Hence, I want you to have listened to that last one. So in 172, I talked about doing 50% less work in terms of hours, generating the same business results. And so as this episode is released, we're sort of coming up to the end-ish of the month. And I just want to share, before I get into the prompts around doing less, I just want to share with you some of the things that I have noticed. I've been really intentionally and actively noticing throughout the month what is different both in my inner world and also in my outer world as I give myself this goal of doing 50% less. So let me go in. I've got a few bullet points here and then I'm going to get into the prompts. What have I noticed? The number one thing that I've noticed is my creativity has increased. And what I mean by that is in my job, as in I feel like many of our jobs, it requires us to be creative. So sometimes that's by way of our art. So for me, my content is my art, my ability to serve my clients and really listen and ask them the right questions at the right times. That's my art. The ability to notice the in-between of the lines of their words, that's my art. And that's what I mean when I say my my <laughs> my creativity has increased. That's what I mean. My effectiveness of doing the thing that I can't outsource, I can't automate. It is my, that's what I do. It's become more fine-tuned because everything else has become less noisy. The second thing that I've noticed inside myself is my martyr tendencies have been challenged and relieved of their duties. I think that there is something that we all resonate with in Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. I don't know the page, but it's for those of you who've read the book, you'll know that there's a part of this book where she talks about must be nice, must be nice for you to be able to do this, must be nice for you to be able to do that. And there's almost this martyr, I believe, that lives inside all of us that we don't care to admit to, but I absolutely will. And what I've noticed is my martyr tendencies have absolutely been challenged and it's been really uncomfortable. I just want to put that out there. For my martyr tendencies to be challenged, I've wanted to hold on so tightly to, especially when I'm hormonal, to the things that I believe are justified and fair, but they don't actually serve me. I'll give you an example. If any of you work from home, I call it work from home tax. You know, the work from home tax, like there's so many perks from working from home, but we pay our work from home tax when we put a wash on in the middle of the day or we have to take that delivery or whatever it is, right? But I think that we can push it into martyrdom whereby, yeah, there might be a wash to put on, 
But we can do that when the rest of the world comes home. We don't have to do it in the middle of the day. And I know I talked, I talk a lot about this, I think, in my episodes around, does that really have to be done? Or are you choosing to do that to escape from this current feeling that you have? So not only have I been not giving into the discomfort and basically like avoiding myself. You know, when you're doing a task and you want to avoid it and you want to avoid some of the discomfort that comes up in doing that task, I I escape. I get I escape by going and putting a wash on. I escape by going, oh my God, I'm so hungry all of a sudden. <laughs> I escape, but then I take that further by being a martyr about it. And my martyrdom tendencies have started to be relieved of their duties. That's something that I'm noticing about myself. The third thing that I've noticed is I've actually had more inquiries and more flexible chats in relation to working together. So I don't know, I don't know if it's directly in relation to me working. In fact, yes, I do take that back. It is directly related to me working 50% less because part of the reason that I wanted to challenge myself to work 50% less is because I was avoiding the things that I know I need to do to keep my business ticking. And those things are mainly around marketing. Now, what I often find in my business, I don't know if any of you guys are the same. What I find in my business is the more I stand by myself and like, like have my own back and really do the, do the work in believing in what I offer and the work in actually acknowledging the, the value and the power of it. And just a side note on that, that is active work. I don't just wake up every single day and go, oh my God, my work is so powerful. Oh my God, my work is so impactful. It's very easy for us. And I did talk about this in the last episode. I'm remembering it now. It's very easy for us to rely on client testimonials and client feedback to uphold our belief in ourselves and our belief in our services or whatever it is that you do, your art or whatever it is that you create. So easy to lean on that as a crutch. And what this 50% thing has required me to do is actively do the work to believe in myself first. And in doing that work, it's enabled me to do the activities, which we in the Thrive First Method call, call the high value activities, in order to actually put out there to the world what I do effectively, um, powerfully, and clearly, and state what I do so that people are more opting in, more able to opt in or opt out. So I think that that's the reason why I've had more inquiries over the past few weeks and more flexible chats. You know, so one client who's now, um, I'm literally doing her, in, her consultation, we're starting her journey on this Friday. So that'll be tomorrow after this episode's released. We actually did her, the majority of her, inqu her inquiry call over Voxer, which is like WhatsApp over voice notes. And then we did a very quick call just to round off like what would be the best journey for her. And then it was done. And it's like, I think that so many of us, me included, we get so wrapped up in what things should be and how things should look and the right process based on what our industry tells us is the norm in inverted commas, that we forget that there's more, more flexible ways of going about things. And so when I have had these inquiries in, you know, even so that's one example of like the inquiry and the consultation process looking different. But then I've had other um, inquiry calls where they've said, oh, like, you know, I've been drawn to your get unstuck call, but then I've also been drawn to Thrive First Method. But then I've also wondered about the the one to one, the inner work journey. And I'm just not really sure. And we've ended up putting a hybrid package together for them. 
So it's like, can you hear the benefits of this? What I believe working 50% less has afforded me in more of these inquiries coming in is more conversations with you guys. And because of that, more flexibility and less rigidity around the services that I can offer. I've even had one lady come to me and say, look, this is my situation. This is the kind of work that I've been doing. This is where I am and this is where I want to be by this specific point. She's got a really... um." let's call it dynamic point in her business over the summer. And she doesn't want to be working with me over the summer. She wants to be head on and grounded firmly with a foundation ready to go into this really active time in the summer. So she's booked me from June and July and a little bit into August so that she's prepared and ready. And it's just afforded me real flexibility around what I can offer for you guys. So on that note, by the way, if you have been thinking about doing this work together, but you're just not sure about the packages, my best advice would be booking an inquiry call. I will leave the link in the show notes and we can work out what might be the best plan for you. Next thing. Next thing's quite significant. I've been able to support myself and my natural automatic thought much, much more. So I think that many of us share what I'm about to talk about in that your automatic thoughts, when they're on autopilot, will present to you what, whatever circumstances you're experiencing in your outer world in life and business, they'll present what, what you, your automatic assumptions make it mean and you'll believe it and then you'll take action from there. So let me give you an example. Um, one of the things that come, that's come up with one of my clients lately is, you know, she had an inquiry um, a couple of months ago, and then they just didn't get back in touch. And then now they've gone ahead and booked her months later. And in explaining that to me, she said, oh, and they ghosted me. And I was like, no, what about, they didn't ghost you. They were just living life, requiring space, looking at options, making decisions. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that we are all, um, we should all treat each other with respect and we should all honor the requirement of communication. I think that is really important. But our clients aren't, we can't have an expectation of our clients to uphold the same expectations that I have of myself as a business owner, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's the right thing to communicate with people, but we're not talking about other people here. What we're talking about is our experience of other people. So in that, in that example, what we ended up doing was going to see how they weren't ghosting you. Can you see how it was just taking a little bit of time for them to make a decision and in that time, in that void, you, your insecurities created an assumption and you started to act from that assumption, you know? And if, we, if we're not careful and we act from our assumptions, it can play out as we move forward into business. Oh, well, they ghosted me. Therefore, I'm not going to put myself out there again because other people will ghost me and on and on it goes. And what I've learned for myself is my automatic thoughts on negative little fuckers. Like if any of you think that living in my head, just because I do this work is a positive experience, I can affirm and assure you it's not a positive experience. I have to actively do the work to not allow my own thoughts to go on autopilot and make me believe that I'm a piece of shit and that my work has no value and that no one wants to do this work with me. That is active. It's intentional work. And because of this time that I've afforded myself, and for those of you who, you must be sick of me saying this by now if you work with me, but I'm going to say it again. The bigger the goal, as far as your mind perceives it, the bigger the goal, the more self-support you need. 
And so what I've been doing in some of the 50% that I haven't been working is supporting myself, supporting myself by the way that I'm talking to myself, supporting to myself in catching what am I making this mean? And I suppose on that, before I leave this point, I've learned to cultivate the same faith as I in myself as I do for others. And I know I've done a whole episode on this. In fact, I've done two. The ones that spring to mind are episode 105, which is about cultivating self-assurance, and episode 125, which is about cultivating self-belief. So I'll link those both in the show notes as well. I actively have to do those things for myself. And what I've noticed about working 50% less is it's afforded me the time so that I'm not going with those automatic thoughts, but instead making me react less inwardly and therefore not act out my insecurities outwardly. And that's been quite significant in terms of the results that I'm seeing in my inner world and in my outer world. Being able to detach in this way and not jump in to make it mean something, it's so easy to keep coming up against the same challenges and tell yourself the same story. You know, you can, you let's say, for example, you have had a few things, you've had some uncertainty, some adversity, some challenges. It's so easy to jump into, oh, I'm just having such a bad month. It's like... <laughs> Some of the, sometimes I have to remind myself and my clients, time is just a measure. There's an, a minute, a second, a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year. It's just a measure and it's ongoing. It, it One links into the other. Literally, as you're listening to this now, a few seconds have passed. And so what I said five seconds ago is leaking into what I'm saying now. Do you see? It's like time is just ongoing. But what we do in our human brains is we like to compartmentalize it. So if you've come up against a few challenges over the past few weeks, it's likely that you're going to sell yourself a story on that and say, oh, I'm just having a really bad month. Rather than, do you know what? I've faced some adversity and some uns and some uncertainty and some challenges lately. And I'm navigating myself. Like, can you hear the difference? I'm having a really bad month versus, and I'm supporting myself as I navigate through that. We tell ourselves stories, you know, or we can relive old stories by looking for evidence of it in our current world without challenging that perception. Familiarity is so easy to follow, so easy. If you've got a story about yourself that, you know, you're just not reliable, it's so easy for you to perpetuate that into your current reality. And so what, anyway, wrapping this point up, what this has afforded me is the ability to detach in that way, take a step back and really see things as they are for myself. And that is really benefiting me in business too. Um, and the last thing is, well, the last two things that this next one's really quick. I've had more time to focus on my physical health and my mental health. I think that has been such a massive game changer for me. I've stopped avoiding myself. I've started eating much more my way. I'm not going to go into what I've been doing because it's a little bit um, controversial, but it's just not normal, I suppose. But I've been eating in new ways. I've been supporting myself physically in different ways. And I've been spending more time working on my mental health as well, which is paying off so, so much. And that's not something that I want to stop. So if I need to continue working 50% less, I'm going to. And I know that my business is going to benefit from it. Just remember that post that I put out on Instagram. When I thrive, I also thrive in business. It's, it's it's literally the foundation of the Thrive First Method. And then the last point before I get into the journal prompts is 
I'm learning not to hold back my own brilliance. So I've got two podcast recommendations for you here. Again, I'm going to link them in the show notes. They are episode 156, and that is all about holding back your own brilliance and the costs of overlooking your natural gifts, 141, that is. So I'm going to list all of these in the show notes with with the links to go and listen to them. But one last thing that I'm learning through this 50% thing is just to not hold back on my own brilliance. It's so easy for me to get a little bit lost in, I th- okay, here's what I think. What I think is when something comes very naturally to you, it's so easy to overlook it. And I think one of the things that I personally have fell into the trap of doing is not really noticing how brilliant this work is. How by one small conversation, someone's perspective can be shifted and it can literally change the whole dynamic of their day and the whole trajectory of their week and therefore their month and therefore their life. And do you know what? Before I before I move off this point, let me just take up some space by saying what I'm about to say. I've just posted on Instagram this, this morning and I want to share this to you. I'll share this with you, sorry. The post says this, allow change to change you. Here's what I mean. Life and business is uncertain, always. It's just that we've been trained to fear this uncertainty. That fear keeps us trapped, stuck in clinging on to the way that it was or the way that we feel it should be because it feels safer. And in our clinging, we reject one of the greatest gifts of being alive, freedom. Freedom to grow, freedom to evolve, freedom to live, really live. Not live within the confines of what you've been told living looks like, but live as it feels good for you to do so. The more unique and wonderful humans I work with, the more I recognize that we're all wanting something quite similar, the ability to actualize ourselves, our true selves, beyond the confines of what we have been told is right, safe, or normal. You are here now with each choice you're creating, with each justification for clinging that you sell yourself, you move further away from yourself. And that's the beauty of this work. It makes it safe for you to admit your own truth and then create it. And what a privilege it is to facilitate that. Life-changing? No. Life is always changing, like it or not. It's better than that. It'll change your experience of life. And I want to be honest with you. That's the end of the post, by the way. (laughs) I want to be honest with you. Like a month ago, I would have written that in my notes and not screenshotted it and put it out there to the world for fear of looking like I'm full of myself or looking like, like who the hell is she to believe in herself that much? But the more I notice myself believing in myself, the more I notice others being drawn to my work. And isn't that the point? The point of me backing myself and standing by this work and believing in myself isn't to boof, boof, (laughs) boof. (laughs) That was a cross between boost and beef up. So let's say them both. It's not to boost and beef up my own ego and my own self-esteem and my own self-image. Instead, it's to actually help you guys to see that the value in this work and the impact of it. And I I think that when we hold back our own brilliance, that's what, that's, they're the costs. That's what it's costing us. So just on that episode 141, goes into much more detail on the costs of overlooking your natural gifts. So um, so that's what I've experienced. That's what I'm experiencing. I wanted to share that with you, but now I've got some prompts. I want to share with you some prompts in this episode to get you really thinking about 
what you might be able to do less of to create more time and more space for yourself and ultimately be more intentional with where you place your attention. I think that's an important thing to distinguish before I move into the prompts. Time and how you spend your time is different to how you spend your attention. We can spend an hour doing two different things. And if I spend my hour placing my attention on all of my flaws and all of my insecurities in comparison to spending an hour on all of the ways that I can help people and all of the opportunities that I have to serve, that's going to, the outcomes of those places where I've spent that hour of, hour of attention, it's going to be very different. So I just wanted to highlight that before we move in. So the prompts, there are one, two, three, four, five prompts. Strap in. I'm going to post them in the, um, there'll be a blog linked to this episode and I'm going to head, I'm going to give you that link <laughs> so that you've got this not only to listen to in this episode, but also to um, take from that blog and, you know, go and steal it, go and copy and paste it and make it pretty or do what you want with it. Make it your own. Let's go. Prompt number one. Where are you working hard, perfecting things only to avoid the important and meaningful activities that might bring up discomfort or unwanted thoughts? Let me repeat that. Where are you working hard in perfecting things only to avoid the important and meaningful activities that might bring up discomfort or unwanted thoughts? That's prompt number one. And really like take the time if, if you're doing this when you're driving Pause the episode here and think, where am I working hard, perfecting things only to avoid the important and meaningful activities that might bring up discomfort or unwanted thoughts? What are those unwanted thoughts that come up if you don't perfect things? What are they? Let yourself sit with that discomfort for a minute, you know? And the biggest thing in all of this is learning to sit with that discomfort is one of the greatest skills that you can cultivate within yourself. On to the next prompt. Prompt number two. Where are you putting in a disproportionate amount of your time only to maintain a certain image in their eyes or to avoid them being unsatisfied with you? Let me repeat that. Where are you putting in a disproportionate amount of your time only to maintain a certain image in their eyes or to, av or to avoid them being unsatisfied with you? What I mean by a disproportionate amount of time or a disproportionate amount of energy is sometimes we put so much effort into something, but it's not because we feel dead passionate about it. Or it's not because we feel really like, no, I really want to take pride in this. Like I really want to do such a good job at this. This matters to me. But instead we're trying to avoid them being unsatisfied with us. And it's very different and it's a, it's just an ever so fine line. Like I, I adore this podcast. I adore speaking with you. I absolutely hope in every single episode that I'm bringing something to the table that literally helps you to take it and go off and implement it into your life, into your business and change things for you. I really do hope that. But what I will not do is strive for perfection in the hope that you will be happy with me. I will strive for excellence. I will not strive for perfection. There's a difference. Striving for excellence sees me learning more, doing more of my own inner work, reading more, um, acknowledging more, processing more, sitting with my own discomfort more, doing more of my own work. That's what striving for excellence means. Striving for excellence for me means coming to you more imperfectly, not trying to show up, 
with this polished version of something just in the hope that you will think better of me, right? That's the difference between excellence and perfection. Excellence says, I want to do this well. I want to deliver this in such a way that demonstrates my passion for this. But striving for perfection looks completely different. It looks like there's a lot of... um, it, there's a lot of codependence, I think, in perfection because in what we're trying to do in trying to be perfect is we're trying to maintain an image in someone else's mind or we're trying to avoid the dissatisfaction of others. So where are you putting in a disproportionate amount of your time only to maintain a certain image in their eyes or to avoid them being unsatisfied with you? Prompt number three. Where are you saying yes to things that you really want to say no to because you're avoiding disappointment from others? Where are you saying yes to things that you really want to say no to because you're avoiding the disappointment of others? Or you're avoiding, like the other thing might not be disappointment that you're avoiding. It might be being an inconvenience. And this is work that I've had to do too and I continue to do is I, I would rather, my natural state is I would rather not cause you an inconvenience and take on the burden of you being convenienced (laughs) by me being inconvenienced. That's called people pleasing. I am of that nature and I have to actively do the work to not be of that nature. And, you know, I think the grace is giving yourself the same amount of respect as you give for others. I think that grace is honoring your own wants and needs as you do with others. And so the question to you again, before we move on, Where are you saying yes to things that you really want to say no to because you're avoiding the disappointment of others? And then we're on to the last two. So prompt number four, where are you making things mean something based on old beliefs and then taking action from that place? Where are you making things mean something based on old beliefs, assumptions, identities, stories, and then taking action from that place? See, when we avoid feelings of discomfort, we usually try and escape it. So when we're doing something that brings up discomfort, like we've got to send an email that we know that they're not going to be happy with, or we've got to have a difficult conversation or whatever that is, or even shining brightly, you know, shining brightly. There's an episode on that, bear with. Actually, there's two I'd recommend on this. Um, Episode 155, are you protecting yourself to keep yourself safe? And episode 157, the false benefits of holding yourself back. And the one that I referenced to earlier, 156, are you holding back your brilliance? Even sometimes shining really brightly, it can cause a lot of discomfort. So when you're feeling that discomfort, you'll want to escape yourself and you'll want to make it mean something about you. So insecurity and old stories will make it mean something. And when you really connect to yourself, that remember that that coin thing I talk about all the time on one side is positivity on one side is negativity. And then that bit around the middle is the truth. When you objectively look at the situation, it doesn't mean anything. You feeling discomfort in this moment just literally means I am feeling discomfort in this moment. I'll give you an example. If I try and market my services and stand behind myself powerfully and all the things I've talked about in this and the last episode, it brings up feelings of discomfort. And if we're not careful, we can automatically make that mean something about ourselves. So for example, if I'm struggling with marketing, I might, and and, and that's bringing up feelings of discomfort that make me want to escape, i.e. go and hang the washing out, go and get some food. 
I can make that mean, well, yeah, you just aren't good at marketing. You're just not good at it. And if you're not good at marketing, then you shouldn't have a business. And can you see from that place we've literally gone from, actually, I'm feeling discomfort in this moment all the way through to, you shouldn't have a business. You should probably go and get a job. Like, <laughs> can you see? Whereas actually, when we look at things objectively, we can actually just ask ourselves, this This might not mean anything other than this feels uncomfortable. And from that place, we can ask, well, how can I confront how I feel with respect to myself? And often this is just as gentle as noticing and not, not escaping, not escaping the discomfort, sitting with learning how to sit with that discomfort. Notice again, the whole theme of this episode is about doing less. It's about not jumping in to make it mean something, not following your automatic thoughts and then acting from that place, but instead doing less, you know? So that point again, before I move into my final one, where are you making things mean something based on old beliefs and then taking action from that place? And then finally, where are you spending so much time overthinking the past or worrying about the future instead of communicating effectively with yourself or with others? Let me read that again. Where are you spending so much time overthinking the past or worrying about the future instead of communicating effectively with yourself or with others. One of the things that I've recognized that I was doing so much is on the outside, I think if you were looking into my office window from the street, you would probably see me working and I would look busy. I would look like a busy, busy person. But what I noticed now I was doing a lot of was doing things with an undercurrent. So the undercurrent would be, you know, overthinking what's happened and worrying about the future the near future like the the rest of the day or the rest of the week and that undercurrent would would ripple out into my work into my work this is really quite hard you probably you're probably hearing me finding it hard to explain not because it's emotional but just because it's it's hard to get to get it into words it's like it it's almost the feeling that I can communicate is like it's almost like an overwhelm it's an overwhelm. And so I might be looking at my screen, I might be typing the words, I might be doing something, but my my mind is being pulled like a pendulum. Oh, that thing happened. Oh, but this thing is coming up. And so I'm not, I wasn't allowing myself just to be present in this moment with this task because my mind was pendulum swinging from the past to the future, past to the future. And like I said earlier, like I've really put the work in this month on myself, my mental health, and my inner work. That's self-support that is required to support this goal. And it's not normal. You know, it would be frowned upon because it would look like I'm not doing anything productive. Fucking bollocks. That's one for another day. But, (laughs) But I was, I was supporting myself. So where are you spending so much time overthinking the past, worrying about the future instead of communicating effectively with yourself or with others? And that, my friends, is the conclusion of this episode. I really hope it served you. I hope with every episode, if you're never going to come and do this work with me, I hope that the inner work conversation is somewhere where you can come and genuinely get content that supports you, your journey, your personal development. I really, truly hope that. And your evol- you, your unique evolution as the human that you are. But more so, I hope that when you do have the time, the financial resources, whatever it is that you might not have, the, the belief in yourself that doing this work will pay off, which is another entire conversation completely, 
I hope that you can step forward in that moment. And I hope that everything that I put into these episodes help you to understand who I am, the work that I do, and the style in which I do that work as well, because I'm not for everyone, right? <laughs> Neither are you. Um, so anyway, listen, on that point, there's so much more I can say. And there's so much more that I could share here in terms, and I'm probably going to walk away from this episode thinking, oh, I should have told them about this and I should have shared that as well. But I think, you know, that's enough for today. I will hold anything back to the next episode. Please, as usual, if this episode has resonated with you, please share it with the next person. In fact, my sister went for breakfast at the weekend and she overheard a lady on the next table or just a table or two along saying she just discovered the inner work conversation and she's going to go back and listen to the episodes because she's getting so much from it. And that's, that's bonkers to me. The fact that my sister could go in somewhere public and someone telling their friend that they, they should listen to the inner work conversation too. That's what a dream come true that is for me. So please, my request is take my episodes and share them with people. Don't keep this to yourself. If you think that, oh, that only resonated with me because I've got that weird insecurity, that's not true because I wouldn't have been able to bring it to you had I have not experienced it or one of my clients had not experienced it. I always used to say when I introduced the Inner Work Conversation podcast, this podcast is here for you to feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. And my God, is that true? So share, share, share. It would mean the world to me, but hopefully you're sharing all of this with someone else too. Anyway, leaving you there, please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too. Loved having you with me today. Now it's over to you. There are three things you can do straight away. Number one, have a think about what one thing stood out the most in this episode and how you can use it to create change in your life and business and message it to me. Just a simple act of writing it out and sending it to someone who gets it is usually enough to keep you accountable to take the next steps. Number two, think of one person who'd really benefit from hearing this episode today and send it to them. Tell them I said hi. And lastly, don't forget, if it's your time to take this work to the next level, pop me a message and ask about my services and we can see what would be the best fit for you. And as always, please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I hope that you are cheering you on too.